Hello, everybody, and welcome to Start Building Your Life podcast. This is Prerona, uh, your host, and I hope that you guys have been able to follow my in- introspective journey over the past four weeks now. And I hope you guys are doing some digging yourselves or just enjoying hearing me talk, I guess. But um, and again, without further ado, we will jump right into the lessons for this week. All right. So for number one, um, I have listed. Okay, I wrote down for number one. I wrote down. If I don't have my alone time in the morning, my mind won't stop talking to me and I end up feeling rushed the rest of the day. I feel like life is happening to me rather than me happening to life. My mind constantly talks and tells me, you have to do this right now. And I end up reacting to it and doing what it tells me to do. But the newsflash is, I don't have to do that thing right away. I can watch my mind, what it's trying to tell me, and the reaction it's trying to get out of me. And I can tell myself, Perona, you don't need to react right now. We can take care of that later. Because once I react, I've reacted in a rush and it's added to my stress and I've just made it easier for that voice to control me. I can be more aware and get back in control. So I feel like this is like a similar lesson that's happened to the previous weeks, but basically I feel like I've, I've, I have like a lot going on at work right now. Um, and I don't know if I told you guys this previously, but I am in an engineering rotational program that lasts for like 20 months. So I started, um, last August, like September, really, it was like August 31st. And so, um, over 20 months, you have four different rotations. So every five months you rotate into a new role. And so I started in September and, um, and I'm like finishing up that rotation and I'm going into my second rotation right now and so I'm kind of like closing off the things from my first rotation but then someone else pulled me into a different project which I'm very very excited about but it's also like I feel like I'm in that transition mode and I have a lot going on at work and then I had to like I like go like early to work and that's why it's kind of been cutting into my alone time in the morning and I just feel like rushed like whenever I don't get that alone time where I can just kind of like center myself I feel very rushed throughout the day and I feel like I'm making because I didn't get the time to like center myself and kind of like settle the dust you know what I mean like dust of my mind so that I have like a clear uh what is it called clear thinking process and if I don't do that in the morning and let my thoughts settle or the dust settle like entire day is like my brain is like murky you know like it's like oh I'm, I'm doing everything in a rush everything seems like a priority even though it's really not you know and I feel like when I have that alone time in the morning I can make that um uh I can distinguish between what is a priority and what is not a priority and then I can kind of have that space to make that decision and how I want to act. But then again, if I don't have that alone time and I don't have that time to settle my thoughts down, it's much easier for me to just think that everything is a priority and just like go after everything and then get overwhelmed and then like get stressed. Yeah. 
So I feel like this week has been kind of like a rush week. I feel very rushed this week. So yeah. And I made myself um, some cha. So I am drinking that and just like, yeah, going into this podcast. I like, like, okay, so before I started this podcast or like the very first episode that I recorded, it was like, it was hard for me to talk. Um, I feel like I am someone who gives a lot of background and I can go on a lot of tangents when I'm like talking. Um, Like Jake will tell you all the time, if I'm telling him the story, I will always give him background like, oh, this happened like a couple of weeks ago and then this happened and this happened. I'll give him so much background that when it, once it comes to the main um, main story that I'm telling, trying to tell him, I feel like he loses interest because I have, I have uh, taken away so much of his energy in providing the background. To me, it's like I need you to really know what's going on so you can really, really get the story. But for him, it's like just cut to this, cut to the chase, like. Um, go straight to the point and so I know like the very first episode I had to record it multiple times because I felt like I was going all over the place and I had to kind of like recenter myself and like make an outline and make sure that I'm 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 sticking to it and just um, being more structured and more organized in the way that I am speaking and I feel like I'm getting a little better like I feel more comfortable just like talking right now and I I don't feel disorganized as I'm telling you guys the story um yeah and it's almost like it's becoming more therapeutic so obviously I have my like my notebook and then that's where I list out my lessons of the week or yeah lessons of the week that I've learned and then um, that's kind of therapeutic to me because that's when I'm thinking and I'm writing it down and I'm kind of replaying the story that kind of drives home the point. And I feel like now when I'm recording podcasts, at first I was nervous and now I feel like it's becoming more therapeutic. Like I'm actually talking and like talking and recording the podcast and forcing myself to articulate my thoughts actually makes me a clear thinker. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, and we move on to my lesson number two. Lesson number two I have noted down is setting an alarm outside of my bedroom prevents me from snoozing. Okay, so this week I've been struggling with a little bit of um, snoozing. And w- what I would do is like I have my phone next to my bed and the alarm will go off and I'm like, oh, I'll just snooze for a little bit and I'll snooze for, snooze for a little bit. And then I'll snooze a f- couple of times and then I will wake up like still early. Like maybe I snooze from like 5 to 5.30 or something like that, right? Or like 4 to 4.30. But I still wake up and I'm like, like, wow, Perona, you're like so weak. You can't even wake up like what is wrong with you that voice and I was like okay maybe I'll be a little strategic about it instead of um instead of kind of like bashing on myself and making myself feel bad for snoozing what if I almost made it easier for me not to snooze and like easier for me to like wake up because when the phone is right next to me it's so easy to just like turn over and like hit the snooze button like go back to sleep and so my thought was like okay well I will keep my phone outside of my bedroom so that 
when the alarm goes off, I have to actually get up, walk a few steps, like open the door and then walk more and then turn off my alarm. And by the time that I'm like up and I've already moved around for a little bit, I have no desire to go back to sleep. It it just kind of like, it's almost like um like an engineering control to avoid errors or to prevent errors. You know what I mean? Like the snoozing is an error and now we just like engineered a way so that you kind of, instead of you relying on your willpower, you're just kind of like making it easier by creating a system. And it's been working wonders, literally. Um, yeah, I, I have it like outside my bedroom around the kitchen area, my phone, and then I just wake up and I have to walk. And once I turn off the alarm, I'm like, okay, I'm up. And then I, I start my coffee and I do like my, and I wash my face and I brush my teeth and I start my meditation. So that's been very clever. And let's see. So for number three, what I have listed is, there is always a positive way to look at things. So update for you guys. So um, in the previous episodes, I, I talk about how I got into a car accident on my birthday. And my, I don't know if I mentioned this one, but my car is like really old and it's valued at like $900. So I've been like talking to insurance companies and whatever, whatever. Um, and so the other driver is at fault. And this week I learned that the damages to my car are about um, $3,400. So it would take $3,400 to fix all the damages in my car because there's like a whole chunk on the left left corner like missing, like left front corner. And then my driver's door like won't open because it got pinched. Like I can open it, but I can't open it all the way because I think it got like pinched the front. And anyway, so I got that quote. And then Michigan is like a no fault state. So it's almost like, even if you get into an accident, you are still responsible. Like, even if you get into an accident and even if it wasn't your fault, it's almost like you're, you're still responsible for the damage in your car. And I think the way they have that set up is so that it um, reduces the amount of time required for, like, the two insurance companies to, like, go back and forth because... Um, because, you know, you kind of have to fight, like your insurance has to fight for you if the other other party is at fault. And so it kind of reduces that time because you're responsible for your own car, whether you did the accident or not. And that way, like the processing time gets much faster. But um, while that being said, they have this thing called mini tort rule. And in that case, if the other car is still is at is still at fault what the other insurance company has to do is that they have to um pay your deductible um pay your deductible and i think you can get up to three thousand dollars for damages and so even though my car is car damages are like 3400 so i can get only up to three thousand dollars from the other insurance company and then um, I would have to pay like the four hundred dollars out of out of pocket, or my insurance would pay for me if I had like better coverage, which I don't, because it's an old car. Um, but anyway, so okay, so going back to lesson, I feel like I went on a really long tangent. So if you weren't interested in learning about how car insurance in Michigan works, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but there is always a positive way to look at things because I knew that cotton ball, so my car, which is a 2008 Volkswagen Rabbit white, and that's why it's called cotton ball. This is super cute. Um, 
cotton ball is like pretty old and it's valued at like $900. And I knew like I was gonna, I was gonna keep cotton ball around until it wouldn't run anymore, maybe a couple of years or whatever, because it still drives really, really well. Um, but then, and I knew that if I had to sell it, I'd only get like $900 out of it. But then now, because of the accident, I'm actually getting $3,000 from the other insurance company. And so it's almost like I'm selling cotton ball for like three times its worth. So which is like awesome because at first you're like, oh, accident. Now my car is out and it's like all that negativity. But literally there's like a positive twist to everything in life. So that was kind of cool. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to use this $3,000 towards a new car. So I did like, I drove around some Honda HRVs and Honda CRVs, and I'm planning on driving some Subarus. If I can't put them in like this weekend, um, I'll probably do it sometime early next week and then like make a decision from it. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pretty excited about that. Okay. So we will move on to lesson four. Okay, this is also, I know I've like talked about like a similar thing in a previous episode. So I feel like I'm noticing that a lot of the lessons are like recurring, you know. Um, so that just means I feel like it's like reinforcing the lesson that I am learning. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But for number four, what I have listed is or what I wrote down is. I think I have a hard time making decisions because my sense of self is too strong. What if I don't like this later? What if this happens and then I end up feeling this way? I think I struggle to make a decision because I'm trying to tiptoe around my many, many wants. And I feel like I talked about similar thing, but like that's how I feel. I feel like I've told you guys before how I can be indecisive like most of the time. <laughs> and I feel like especially when I have too much time to make a decision I get I can get very indecisive and so I'm trying to practice just like okay like okay look at both sides make the decision and stick with it but I, I mean I would like to get there I would like to get there where okay I have decisions I've made one and I stick with it and I see it through but right now what I end up doing actually is I have like decision a and I have decision b I will choose decision. I like take a long time to think about both. And then like way too long, like to the point where I am giving myself like analysis paralysis. And then I'll choose A and I'll go back on it and I'll choose B. And I'll go back on it and I'll choose A. And I'll go back on it and I'll choose B. And I feel like a lot of that comes from because like my sense of self again is like too strong. I have too many wants. And so I'm constantly trying to like cater to them. And that's why I like go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I feel like what ends up happening when I'm like going back on my decisions is I'm actually losing faith in my ability to make a proper decision. Because I feel like that's what I'm teaching myself about myself you know that oh like you can never make a decision you always go back and forth and back and forth that means you just don't have you don't trust enough to make a good decision the first time that you make it and so I feel like right now even like if I were to make this like super important decision decision a or decision b and I and I let's say decision a was the right answer and I went and chose decision a 
I would always feel like I'm missing out on something decision B because that's how I've lived. Like all of my life, I've always done this. I've always been like this, indecisive, like always going um, back and forth. And so I feel like the solution to it is again, I think to weaken my sense of self and to not have to cater to the many, many, many wants that I have or like my voice tells me that I need like I just want to be able to separate myself from the wants because my wants aren't aren't who I am and I think once I'm able to be more aware and like separate the wants and like Perona my 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 thinking will be clearer and then that way I can distinguish better between decision a and like decision b and um, another uh, point that I kind of had related to this lesson um, looks like I wrote down overthinking and stressing absolutely kills my productivity and efficiency. I spent so much time stressing that I don't get anything done. Lol, not so good. Um, yeah, like I said, I because I'm indecisive and I go back and forth between decisions, I think I'm like overthinking and I try to overanalyze and I'm like, oh, but in the past, this is this. In the future, this is this. But at some times, you just got to be like, okay, Perona, like literally what will it be? I feel like if like... If I saw this in like one of my friends who's like com- constantly going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, I would like grab her and like shake her and be like, just make a decision. It doesn't matter. Like you will, I don't know, you will deal with the consequences later. It's fine. Like make the decision. So I think right now I would like to start practicing like making decisions um, more quickly and just being able to stick to the first one that I decide. Like, I will literally go back and forth on decisions on like little things. For example, right now this weekend, um, Jake and I are in Indiana to like visit um, his parents. And so I won't. And now we were like kind of like talking about like, oh, what time do we want to leave Indiana on like Sunday night? Or do we want to leave on like Monday morning so we can head back to like Michigan? And even that, like that, oh, Sunday night or like Monday morning, which one? I go back and forth. I'm like, oh, we could go Sunday night. Mm, Actually, maybe I want to go like Monday morning because I don't want to drive at night. Like that, I will go back and forth over and over again because I am like constantly saying, okay, if I go Sunday night, this will happen. Oh, if I, but if I go Monday night, oh, this will happen. Oh, but if I go Sunday night, like this will happen. Oh, but if I go Monday morning, this will happen. So I'm constantly going back and forth. Literally, in the long (laughs) scheme of things, it does not matter. Like if I'm leaving Indiana on this weekend, on Sunday night or Monday morning, like it does not matter. So yeah, I'm working on that. Okay, and then lesson number five. What I have written down is I've realized that I've been a self-help nut for years and I've always jumped from one thing to another. What I'm realizing now or starting to appreciate is the long-term effects of one habit. Sticking to one time-tested self-help strategy and actually seeing it through. So I've picked up some old books and this is very true. Like, um... I think I got into my habit of reading 
three years ago, two, two or three years ago. Um, um, sorry, I'm going to take a sip of my chai real quick. Give me one sec. Okay, I got into the habit of reading about two or three years ago. And I started with like a bunch of different things, but mostly um, like self-help books. I I love the Tim Ferriss podcast. And so I just like would listen to his podcast and whatever they recommend, I would kind of go through that. So that's kind of how I started and got into reading. I got into a little bit of finances um, because I was starting like my Roth IRA about three years ago. Um, and so basically like over the past two or three years, I read a bunch of self-help books and I remember like initially when I first started reading, I would like go to Barnes and Nobles and I would just like browse books and I would literally pick one that what seemed interesting and I would place myself in a corner in Barnes and Nobles and I'd just read it. Yeah, I I wouldn't buy it, but I I would just read it in the corner. Um, and like at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, all the self help books, I want to read them all, and none of them seemed like like junk to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. All these strategies, like all these hundred different strategies that I'm getting from like hundred different books, I'm going to implement them all, and then like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be this like superhuman. But that's obviously not true. What I, I'm realizing is that what, I would, what I've been doing for the past two or three years is I would pick up a book and I would see a strategy and I would, like, I would be like so excited to try it out and I would try it out, but I would only stick with it for a few months and then I'd move on because I've picked up a new self-help book that has told me about a different strategy. And so recently now, like when I go to Barnes and Nobles and I'm kind of like going through the self-help books and I'm like, reading them so I like basically excuse me excuse me I like go to an aisle and I like pick up a book that looks interesting and I kind of look at like the introduction and then I'll basically open it in the middle and I like start reading a chapter and so right now I feel like I am I, I do that and I like read them and I can almost I can almost kind of tell like when the author is being authentic and when it's not like I don't know how to explain it but it's almost like I'm like oh well like this stuff again like there's like hundreds of self-help books who have written about the same thing like it's just like I've seen this before it's just copy I I and then I like put it back. And so lately I'm not into self-help books. I'm, I'm like, I wish that I was excited that I, as excited as I used to be like two or three years ago about like self-help books, just going to Barnes and Nobles, like picking one. I'm just like, whoa, this is so cool. I'm just going to read, like read and like write down the strategies and implement them in my life. But now it seems like, yeah, I'm getting like a very junk vibe from a lot of self-help books. And so what I am trying to do is basically going back to like two or three really really good self-help books that I've read in the past two or three years and reread them and implement those strategies like really absorb these books because I feel like I want to be someone who has put in like thousands of hours into implementing into consistently implementing one strategy rather than someone who has 
spent only like an hour in like 100 different strategies. So I basically want to really dig deep. I, you know, I want to be like a subject matter expert rather than a jack of all trades, just like spread across all these strategies. Because I just don't think that it's sustainable for you to be trying out 10 different self-help strategies at the same time. Like that's not going to work. And um, so I'm kind of like rereading the books that I've gone through. And I will actually recommend them for you guys if you guys are interested. Um, I just don't want to butcher. I don't want to butcher their names. Um, okay, so the one that I picked up, one of the ones that I picked up is called. Uh, where did that go? I'm trying to look at my bookshelf. I'm trying to flip. Okay, let me like Google it real quick. I'm like really bad with book names. But this is like the Napoleon Hill. It's really old. Oh, okay, okay. So the one that I'm, I've picked up is Think and Grow Rich. And it's by Napoleon Hill. It's very, very old. And it's kind of, I, I don't read the book from like start to finish all the way. I just kind of sift through the papers um and then i'm like oh that is an interesting strategy i'm gonna try that and um wait let me give me one second i think it's actually in my backpack haha okay okay found the book all right so the think and grow rich uh this is like a really old book yeah so it's like like the uh, sentences or the way that he talks is very um, outdated and sometimes it's a little difficult to follow because obviously it's like it's like older and the examples are really really old as well but um, I what I really like is I hope I bookmarked this Oh my gosh, I have to read this. Okay, so there's this poem in this book that I just like, I absolutely love. Um, I'm going to have it like made into a canvas and, and just posted on, on my office and also at just at home. I love this poem and I'm, I'm going to read it out for you guys. It, it is from the Think and Grow Rich book. All right, and okay. I bargained with life for a penny, and life would pay no more. However, I begged that evening when I counted my scanty store. For life is just employer, he gives you what you ask. But once you have set the wages, why, you must bear the task. I worked for a menial's hire, only to learn dismayed that any wage I had asked of life life would have willingly paid how good is that i was like whoa that that's a good one and yeah it basically means like whatever you ask of life you will get so if you set your dreams too low you that's what life will give you but if you set big big like high dreams life will give that to you too so it's really up to you so that's like awesome. Um, I'm trying to. Okay. I just want to read this. Uh, where did it go? He 
he basically has an outline of um so um so the first couple of chapters where he talks about is like affirmations and so basically he has a step-by-step process where he will say okay um tell me one of your goals and then by what time do you want to reach that goal by and exactly what you will give in order to reach that goal and then you like write a sentence of the entire goal and then you're supposed to repeat it to yourself at night repeat it to yourself in the morning and then you're also kind of like supposed to meditate on on that thought um, I just, I don't want to butcher it, so I'm trying to look for that page, so give me one sec. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> okay, so I guess he calls this the method, okay. Okay, the method, I'll just start. I'll just read it out from the book. The method by which desire for riches can be transmuted into its financial equivalent consists of six definite practical steps. First, fix in your mind the exact amount of money you desire. It is not sufficient merely to say, I want plenty of money. Be definite as to the amount. There is a psychological reason behind Oh, there is a psychological psychological reason for definiteness, which will be described in a subsequent chapter. Second, determine exactly what you intend to give in return for the money you desire. There is no such reality as something for nothing. Third, establish a definite date when you intend to possess the money you desire. Fourth, create a definite plan for carrying out your desire and begin at once whether you are ready or not, to put this plan into action. Fifth, write out a clear, conscious, oh, not conscious, concise. (laughs) I just ruined the vibe, didn't I? (laughs) Okay, fifth, write out a clear, concise statement of the amount of money you intend to acquire, name the time limit for its acquisition, State what you intend to give in return for the money and describe clearly the plan through which you intend to accumulate it. Sixth, read your written statement aloud twice daily, once just before retiring at night and once after arising in the morning. As you read, see and feel and believe yourself already in possession of the money. Interesting, isn't it? So so I kind of listed out my thing and... I'm not so good about reading out the entire statement, um, but I've I've been trying to get into it, and I've been trying to like picture myself already in possession of the money that I wish to achieve, and I guess we will find out if I get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is one of the ones that I picked up, um, and then there's another one that I picked up. Um, it's called The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. Again, that's a very old book, but it's so good. Like, it is so good. It's, like, very simple and very trivial, but it it's so good. It makes me feel like I can go out there and, like, achieve the world. So very good. And then another one um, that I'm going to reread, I haven't started that yet, um, is... How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big by Scott Adams. That's also, it's like almost an autobiography. That's how you say the word, I think. 
autobiography, but also just like a self-help book. It's so good. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's really good. And it makes me believe that I can do what I like. So I have like goals and plans for myself, right? And that book makes me believe that those will become a reality. Like it's not going to happen overnight, but if I keep continuously keep trying and keep growing and keep learning, I will get there in my lifetime. And that's like an almost like an awesome, uh, calming thought, like it will happen, like it will come. But very good insights in that book as well. So if you guys want to check that out. Um, but these are the three that I'm starting off with. And if I end up moving to any other ones, I will definitely let you guys know. Um, I think that's all that I have for today. And thank you again for tuning in. And I hope you guys have a great week. Bye-bye.